Ladies, if you are tired of the traditional group coaching model that was right for a season, but it isn't right for now, if you are ready to have elevated conversations, ready for masterminding in the truest sense of the word, where you combine your collective wisdom and your collective intelligence and what God is speaking to your heart, if you are ready for an experience that takes your soul into account, into your life and relationships and the totality of you into account, then I want you to connect with me because God has given me the vision for a mastermind experience that is like no other, that is really going to take you to the next level in your business, in your relationships, in your life, where you can connect with some extraordinary women just like you who are ready to go all in on the vision that God has given them. An awakening is happening, and I know you're feeling it in your soul. A renaissance is happening, and it's time for you to emerge. I want you to message me. I want you to go to my website and reach out because I really, really want to connect with you more, have a conversation and really talk to you about this mastermind experience that is by invitation only. And it'll be a select group of extraordinary women who want to go all in on what God is calling them to do. Don't wait, don't delay, because these invitations won't be available for long. And I want you to be at that table with us. Welcome to the Elevated Podcast. I'm Amy Van Slambrook, former corporate executive turned therapist and coach to high profile women and couple entrepreneurs. And we are going to have the conversations you've always wanted to have with the people you have always wanted to know. We are going to bring your life, your faith, your business, and most of all, your relationships to an elevated level through conversations you've never heard before. Tune in and stay with us because it's about to get really, really elevated. Happy belated Thanksgiving. I hope you had a beautiful holiday. Today, let's talk about money, honey. Your money story, my money story and everything in between. You know, what's amazing on my journey with money is how it's mirrored so much of my trust and honor and respect of who God is and what he created me to have, what he created me to enjoy, why he gave me the desires that he gave me. And for so many years, I was living in scarcity you know, part of, and I know if you've heard any of my story, you know that I had anorexia for many years, for about 25 years of my life. And um, along with that whole mentality of restrict, 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 you don't want to consume too much. You want to be as small as possible. And that means my needs needed to be as small as possible. So even though I knew my identity was that of a woman who would eventually have great wealth, it didn't feel safe for me to be her on the outside. And so I set up structures and I developed a mindset that was all about conserving, right? And feeling in that fight or flight state. When you have trauma early, and I had trauma for the first time when I was five, that sets our nervous system up, your nervous system up to constantly feel like fight or flight is home. 
And so money is very connected to that. Money is connected to our feelings and our trust in the environment around us to provide for us. Our feelings and trust for God to provide for us. Our feelings and trust about our parents to provide for us. And it has to do with how we feel worthy or how we don't feel worthy. It has to do with whether or not we think we're supposed to try to do this all on our own or whether or not we think that someone else is going to come alongside us and meet our needs. You know, there's a very um, big difference between being independent and self-sufficient and being in isolation and feeling as if no one else can help you um, provide for yourself. That's more about distrust. And so as you're listening to this, I want you to really just tune into your body because whenever money comes up, you know, that really is analogous for how you're trusting your environment. And so your body is going to give you indicators. If you feel stress or tension as I'm talking about this, I want you to tune in with that. You don't have to judge it, but it's just important to be aware of it, you know? And so as I went through these feelings of scarcity and, and really always being the saver, always being the one to take care of the people around me, you know, if somebody gave me a little box of chocolates, you know, and like a stocking, Christmas stocking or something, I would make that little box last for months. I would only have a chocolate if it was a really special occasion. Well, when you're used to living in restriction, those special occasions are hard to judge, right? Is this special enough for me to pull out one of the chocolates as if that little box of chocolates were all the chocolates in the world and all the chocolates that I would have access to um, and ever be given. And that's kind of how um, I'm wondering a lot of you might feel about money. Like we hold on to it. You can either be a spender or a saver. If you're a saver, you hold on to it as if you don't have it. If you're a spender, you make sure that that money doesn't stay with you at all. You're either giving it away or you're spending it on things that feel necessary or indulging in things and impulse buying. But you never want to have that feeling of the money being around you because both situations feel unsafe to your inner child they feel unsafe to your central nervous system um, because usually, and this may or not may not be true for you, usually it has to do with us feeling unsafe when we are in a state of fullness because we're more vulnerable, right? We're more vulnerable. If people see us full, they might want to take that away from us. If I might be full, I might be too much, right? And if I'm too much, then what happens? Ask yourself that question. What happens if you're too much? What happens if you are truly provided for and you are in that fulfilled and secure state? You know, often trauma twists the truth. And so being in a calm, provided for state, being in a safe state actually feels unsafe. It completely flips the table on that. And so I don't want you to think you're crazy. I don't want you to think you're alone. I don't want you to think anybody else around you is living without money issues because literally it doesn't matter if a client of mine has had a nine-figure company or they are making very little. Their money issues are independent of that. They're separate from that because there can still be a fear of scarcity even though you're wealthy. 
because that feels like it's not enough, right? And you better hold on to it because it's gonna go away. And you better not spend it because it's gonna go away. You better continue to exist as if you don't have anything because it's gonna go away. And in my own journey with money, you know, I did very well. I flipped three of my own homes. I did really well on those flips. Um, and, and the first one that I did, actually the second one that I did, I was in a state, and I think I told you this story, but if I haven't before, or if this is your first time listening, I was engaged to a wonderful guy, and I sold my home. I was preparing to move to the city where he lived until we could be married. Um, and then after we were married, we would share a beautiful home together. And so I packed all of my belongings up and I put them in the back of a moving truck and my amazing parents drove me and my dog through a blizzard, um, ready to start this new life, right? And then he sent me an email and said he couldn't go through with it. The minute I got to my parents' home with all of my new life about to begin, and all of this wonderful uh, profit from my flip, he said, I can't go through with it. And he did it with what I call two dozen goodbye roses that basically said, this isn't the path that I can follow through on. And so everything about my world was rocked. And so it didn't matter that I had more in my bank account than I'd ever have had before. It didn't matter that logically I could have gone off to Europe and really had a great time or checked out from the world. It didn't matter because in my mind, the external world, the environment was unsafe. And so that meant I had to do what I knew was safe, which was pretend as if the money wasn't there. And so that's what I did. I had planned to take time off for my practice. I basically closed my business down and then everything around me felt shook and shaking. And I was thrown right back into my amygdala, which is that part of the brain that's that raw part that doesn't have a timestamp. It's as if the trauma just happened yesterday. And so in my body and in my mind and in my spirit, I was in a completely stressed out state, fight or flight, as if I didn't have a penny in the world. And I was just existing, you know, just wanting to save and hold on to that money. Because what if that money did the same thing that this man had done? What if it left me too? And so I better just hold on and be safe. And I was kind of frozen in fear. And, you know, I look back and I think, oh my gosh, what an opportunity, right? What an amazing opportunity. And it was still an incredible year, but it was incredibly hard. It was incredibly hard. Now I later was able to invest that money in some really amazing things for my business. And there was joy in that, but not the same kind of joy there would have been if I let myself just exhale and realize God had provided for all of my needs for more than a year for me to really be able to exhale, for me to really be able to trust him and know that if he was the one who brought the six figures to me in that flip, he was also the one who could take care of me, who I could trust to always be there. But because I had not done some of the inner child work that I did after that fact, I couldn't enjoy it. You know, that little Amy was still freaking out 
frankly, because she felt like the whole world was going to crumble if she didn't hold on to that money carefully. And so I, I spent as little as possible. I didn't allow myself much that gave me joy. I didn't buy clothes. I didn't do any of those things. I did some things, but they were minuscule in comparison to what I could have done to really soothe myself. And so I invested in what felt smart, even though there was very little joy in it. You know, I invested in healing my body, which was a wise investment. Healing work is always an incredible investment, but I wasn't in the place where I could say, I'm just going to enjoy doing this healing work and feel grateful. When we are in flight or flight, usually gratitude is the last thing on our minds. It's not that you aren't grateful, but that is among those kinds of unsafe emotions, right? That might allow yourself too much time to rest and that would make you vulnerable. It's what Brene Brown talks about when she talks about foreboding joy, you know, where she's looking at her child late at night when they're sleeping and she's just so joyful. And then immediately after her inner child who may have felt unsafe said, wait a minute, you better not enjoy this because what if something happens to them? And then we go back into the familiar, which is fight or flight. And so that happened to me too, right? I couldn't just exhale and think, okay, wow, this relationship obviously was not meant to happen. And it was obviously the right thing because I'm very thankful. There must've been something up ahead that would have made that not the right marriage for me. And yet I couldn't relax. I couldn't fall into the safety of it. And this is just one example of money stories where I had lived in that scarcity state just not even grasping any part of what God says, which is it's his responsibility to bribe for me. And he first brought that to my attention one night late at night where I was like, Lord, I just wish that I didn't have to carry this alone. Sometimes it feels so heavy. And and I can't wait. At that point, I was saying, I can't wait to have a husband because he's going to be able to provide for me. And the Lord reminded me, you know, I am the, the source, Amy. I am the one who provides it, whether it comes through your future husband or whether it comes through you. It's always been my responsibility. I took it on even before you were birthed on the earth. And God is wanting to say that to you too. And it was when I started to do deep inner child work, deeper than I'd done before, because it's all about excavating layers. And I really dug in and I faced some things about what I was assuming and what I had concluded, what I was believing about my environment. And what I was believing was that it wouldn't provide for me. I was alone in all of this. I wasn't worthy of being provided for. And, and that fight or flight felt so much more familiar that I stayed in the safety of it until I did some very deep work with some amazing coaches who helped break that off of me, who helped me see that in every situation I was provided for, I was held, not because I hustled and and worked like a maniac, all of which I tried by the way, and burned out my adrenals and all kinds of other things. If I could just accept and believe that I was worthy of God's provision, that he gave me the desire 
to have a wealthy life so that I can make an impact in the world and really represent how extraordinary our God is. That's when I could exhale. When I realized when everything else was gone, God would miraculously provide for me still. Sometimes bite by bite. But it was still the knowledge and the safety and the exhale and going into that rest nervous system state that I could say, but God, I'm not afraid. And I'm going to enjoy whatever you bring my way. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to savor it. I'm not going to hide the desires that I have because they are purposeful. If I didn't have the desires that I have, it wouldn't have drawn you to me. You're drawn to me partially because you see what I desire, what I live in, which is an amazing life that's getting even more amazing the further I go along in it. That I can enjoy the kind of taste and desires and vision God has given me and not feel like that's excessive, but to see the purpose in it. And that's when my business started to scale. That's when my income finally went above the threshold and I was able to create about half a million dollars in real estate investing. And, and I have a massively successful private practice. And that's when I broke through all of those thresholds. And the money, the numbers, I know that a lot of times we generate these numbers and talks about six figures, multi-six figures, seven figures, all those things. And we throw it around as if they're necessary to help you to see the, the enormous quantum leap that happened. But I'm not going to do that. I want you to dig deeper and understand what happened in my life was exponential. It was absolutely exponential. Yes, the financial provision came in. Yes, the massive quote-unquote quantum leap happened. But the biggest leap was inside of my soul because none of those things matter if you aren't shifted in your soul, if you aren't suddenly called to really face what's been holding you back. And so that kind of breakthrough is possible for you. That kind of breakthrough is what God wants for you. That kind of breakthrough is what will ultimately be the most healing for your inner child and the trauma that you've been through. And so I have created an amazing ebook called The Abundance Within You. And it is, I am so excited to release this to the world. And so I want you to stay tuned, but I want you to get on the wait list for it. If you want to break off, the money issues that are holding you back in your life. And so I'm going to drop a link in the show notes. And if nothing else, if you don't read the show notes, anything else, I want you to go to my website. And if you sign up at the bottom of the first page, you're going to be put on the wait list for that. And, and that simple move is your first step towards the abundance that you know is meant for you. My clients have the most amazing results and testimonials from the work we do on their money stories because we break off the things that have been holding them back and torturing them behind the scenes and we allow them to step into the abundance and the safety and the joy that was really meant for them. And suddenly, even though their businesses were hugely successful, they were able to enjoy the success. They were able to create 
limitless success. They were able to open up to the desires and live out the desires that they had harbored in their hearts silently for so many years. So I want you to sign up for this ebook. I want you to get your name on the wait list because it's going to revolutionize your money story. And we don't want to go into 24 to 2024 with any old money stories, right? We want all those to be broken off. So there's no more perfect time than now. I love you. I thank you for listening week after week. I ask for your five-star rating and review as always. That would mean the world to me. And just remember, abundance is your birthright. Thanks for listening to The Elevated Podcast. You can find out more about me and the amazing guests on our show on my website, amyvanslambrook.com. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your honest review of the show because nothing lights my day up more than seeing your comments, your questions, your aha moments, because that's what this is all about. We want to elevate your thinking so you can elevate your life.